I am so excited about what God is doing. I, I've had some amazing, amazing meetings. You know, when God gives you a God dream, it's going to take God to get it accomplished. How many of you are carrying a God dream? And let me tell you something. There's something that happens when you carry a God dream. There's a lot of times there's, there's things that you face and that you see that seem to be contradicting to what you believe. Literally, the circumstances seem like they're contradicting what God told you is going to happen. So I want to encourage you in whatever God you're believing God for, the dream that God's given you, stay steadfast in the Lord. Keep proclaiming and declaring in the midst of the things that are counter to what you see. But yet, what, watch what God will do. Because even like, I, I don't have time this morning to share, but I'm going to just share a little bit that this point is that, that I am seeing God day by day, week by week. How many remember I told you about this thing called the Illuminations Theater? How many of you remember that time when you saw the video? Have you seen the video? Some of you have seen it many times. And if you, um, but, but, but I'm seeing day by day relationship, phone calls, answers, connections to that coming to life. I don't have time to tell you some exciting things that I'm, meetings that I'm having, but you'll see the fruit of them in the days ahead shortly. So I'm excited, and I want to encourage you on what God has told you to do. It always, it, a God dream is always bigger than what you can accomplish. If you can accomplish it, it's not a God dream. And there's something that happens in the midst of pursuing a God dream. Stephen, there's something. There's something that comes, and that is this. There's something that we deal with day by day, every day, every moment, any circumstance. You're going, to filter, you're going to filter things through this, either love or fear. Either love, you're going to, you're going to filter it through love, or you're going to filter it through fear. And turn to somebody and tell them this right now, it's your choice. It's your choice. Everything that you hear and receive into your life gets filtered by love or fear. Everything that flows from us is affected by our, if we're flowing out of love or flowing out of a spirit of fear. Our reaction and response to all that we face every day is either by love or by fear. And we choose. They are the two defining elements of a person's life. When people recognize what is happening around them, they're either going to respond through things and circumstances, no matter what they are, you're either going to respond and be motivated by love, which will pick up the good news and what God is doing, even in the midst of all kinds of different circumstances. You see the hand of God in it when you're flowing out of love. But when you're flowing out of fear, you're going to pick up the things of the darkness and the, and the, and the, and the dark side of life, the, the things that the enemy brings, and highlight those things. But let me tell you something. We are to be motivated and to move out of a spirit of love, the love of God that God has poured into our hearts. I want to talk to you about this one thing called fear because this, this thing called fear because it's the number one command in Scripture. Did you know that? Do not fear. It's the number one. It's the one talked about most of all, all of the commands that God says and repeated throughout Scripture. Do not fear. And when the Lord repeats a command as frequently as he does through his word, it's because he's exposing, he's revealing the number one tactic of the enemy to come against your life, to have you walk in fear. You know what the enemy tries to do? Why does he get us in fear? Why, does, why, why do we need to flow from love and not fear? For if you flow in fear, if you allow fear to have its place within your heart, rooted within your life, it's like a dislocation of your arm. It's still connected. You notice your arm, if it's dislocated, it's, it's still connected, but it's still part of the life of, the, of your body, but yet it's not functioning properly. It's just kind of, you know, I'm, I'm using this arm. I can't use this one. 
And there's elements of your life, when fear comes to your life, it can actually bring an attack to an area of your life that you, it becomes dysfunctional. It's still attached, but there's no movement. Fear will do that. Anybody with me this morning? I want you to understand that fear is where we actually agree with the enemy. Because God hadn't given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. And I will, I, will, I will contend with you this morning that some of the things that you faced in your past that conjure up fear, God wants to heal them because your future is what he's interested in. What happens to you, what happens to you, what, is, what has been a hurt to you God wants to bring healing to that today so that it doesn't conjure up fear in your life so that there's not a dislocation, but he wants to make you whole. Every single one of you in this room, God wants to make you whole before you leave this room today or get you on the process of becoming whole. Why? Because he has not given us that spirit of fear, that dysfunction of spirit fear. He, he, the enemy came to steal, kill, and destroy and part of that destruction, every time fear comes to your life and you receive it and you flow in it and you, it brings some type of destruction in your life. It's there to destruct. And, and when you come into an agreement with a lie from the enemy, when fear is where we actually agree with the enemy. Anytime that you believe a lie, you empower the liar. By the way, thank you for moving again. It's so good to actually see you in your eyes. And, and the older I get, 54, about to turn 55, just seeing you to the back row, I, I think I know who you are. This is awesome. Thank you. But see, when the, the it, Fear is actually we come in agreement with the enemy. Anytime that you believe a lie, you empower the liar. What the Lord does is he reveals the tactics of the enemy. We are to be God-focused and presence-driven. God-focused, his presence, we flow. But Paul says, I want you to be aware of the tactics of the enemy. When the Lord says, do not fear... He's never saying it to expose some kind of, he's not looking to shame you, but to encourage you. Do not fear. He shows up to Joshua in the book, first chapter of Joshua, and he says, three times within one's encounter with God, be of good, good courage and do not be afraid. Be bold and be of good courage. See, do when God says, do not fear, he's, here's what happens. He's opening up to us that within our reach is the grace to be victorious over fear. Did you catch that? He's literally opening up. He's literally saying, look, when he says, do not fear, all of a sudden we, we reach out, God's there, and when we do, he's empowering us, he strengthens us, then we move forward. I like what Bill Johnson says. He says this. He says, faith is not the absence of fear. It's the presence of belief. That's a great phrase. I use it all the time. Fear, faith, faith, moving forward in faith, doesn't mean there's an absence of fear. But in the middle of it, I'm focusing on my belief, which overpowers my fear. Why? Because he's worthy. He's able. He'll strengthen me. He'll hold me. He'll lead me. So when difficulties come at you, within your reach is God's grace to empower you to walk in his rest. And that is realized through what? His love for you. Oh, the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless, amazing power, love of God. It literally comes after me when I need him to come after me. The Bible says, surely his goodness and his mercy shall follow me, pursue me all the days of my life. Yes. 
Why? He's in love for me. He's in love with me. He loves me. He gave his only son. I want you to say, I've done this in the past. I want to do it again today. I was reminded of it. This phrase, God is for me. And I want you to sing it. I want you to sing it. I want you to declare it. I'm going to take you up here one by one. I want you to sing it. No, I'm just kidding. I want you to declare it. But I want us to do something because this is cool. When you put an emphasis on each one of the words, it has a different emphasis. So let's start with a strong emphasis on God and then go, it's for me. And then let's do it again. You ready? One, two, three. You're everybody on board? Okay, one, two, three. Let's do God. God is for me. Let's do it the next one. God is for me. Do the next one. God is for me. Let's do the last one. God is for me. Ah. If you don't leave here with anything else today, leave here with that phrase going over and over and over and over in your mind. It's a great meditation, and it's truth. It's truth. I love that phrase. I love the scripture that says in Romans, if God be for us, who? Right there alone, there's an absence of fear, an absolute flood of faith. Let me tell you why. I'm going to lead to a scripture here. You see, having the emotion of fear is not a sin, but partnering with it is. Embracing it as though it were truth. There's, I want you to know something. There's difference between facts and truth. There are things that are true, but they don't have the last say. Instance, for instance, you go to the doctor, the doctor comes out with a report. The report says, blah, 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 this is there. You don't ignore the report. Everybody, everybody tracking with me? That, port, that report is a fact that shows up, but because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross, there's a greater reality than that report. So therefore, I will not fear. I will go to the throne of heaven. I will pray. I will seek and I will declare because Jesus Christ has paid for that report. The report doesn't have the last say. When God gives us a promise, it is already done in the, in the heavenly realm. It is already a finished and completed thing. So the Lord wants us to partner with him in prayer, faith, and believing. Because here's the thing. There is, Paul says, I want you to recognize, I want you to be careful. I want you to understand how the enemy works. And he does work, and we can allow him in. He has no power except through your agreement. We've talked about that. Absolutely no power. You are victorious. You are more than an overcomer. You're flowing on the curtails of what Jesus Christ has done for you and for me. We celebrate Jesus every time we take communion. When we come on a Sunday morning, he says, do not forsake the assembly of yourselves. We come together. We celebrate who? The king. We, when we go and we walk, we carry the king. We, where we go, we're having church. We, we are the church. Say with me, I am the church. And so Jesus Christ is in us. He's flowing in us. And Jesus Christ said, it is finished. The keys have been delivered to me of death, hell, and the grave. And now I hand them to you. Amen. So the enemy can do something. He can give you a lie and you can believe it. And chew on it. And meditate on it. But let me just take you on a, uh, three passages this morning. Isaiah 51, 12, it says in the Amplified. It says, I, even I, am the, uh, this is God speaking, I, even I, am he who comforts you. Who are you that you are afraid of man who dies? And of a son of man who is made as destructible as grass. 
that you have forgotten the Lord your maker who stretched out the heavens and laid the foundations of the earth, that you continually tremble with fear all day long because of the rage of the oppressor as he takes aim to destroy. And where is the rage of the oppressor? Father says this, who are you to fear? He says, he's talking to you. He's talking to me. Who are you to fear? In other words, don't you understand who I am? Don't you understand who holds you, who formed you, who made you? He's, he's like saying, hey, wake up. No, he, there's not like a little pat on the back. There's not like, come on, little buddy, it's okay. And he does that, thank God for that. But he's saying, he says, who are you to fear? You see, when I choose fear, I'm choosing the inferior. I want you to hear this. When I choose fear, I'm choosing the inferior because everything is inferior to Almighty God. I love that, that phrase, whose report are you going to believe? What's the answer to that? We shall believe the report of the Lord. I ask you, church, whose report are you going to believe? Your answer is, we shall believe the report of the Lord. When I choose fear, I'm choosing the inferior instead of Almighty God, whose presence is here to defend me in any and every situation. Let me bring up another passage to you. Isaiah 54, 13 through 14. It says this, and all your spiritual sons will be disciples of the Lord, and great will be the well-being of your sons. You will be firmly established in righteousness. You will be far, get this, you will be far from even the thought of oppression, for you will not fear. And from terror, for it will not come near you. I want, us to, I want to highlight that part right there. He says, you will be far from oppression, for you will not fear. What is oppression? What is oppression? Oppression is that moment where we make agreement with a lie, and we invite the atmosphere of darkness to influence our thoughts and our values. Let me say it again. What is oppression? Oppression is that moment where we make agreement with a lie and we invite the atmosphere of darkness in that to influence our thoughts and our values. Amen. It is actually a cloud of darkness that comes when we believe the lie. Yeah. Oftentimes, fear doesn't start off by a spirit. The spirit of fear comes later. It starts by a thought meditated on an emotion. Where does fear come from? Many times it comes up from our silly vein of thought that comes away from what the Word of God is saying. We cannot continue to meditate on the Word of God. I mean, we cannot continue to meditate on anything that it's not in the Word of God. We cannot think about ourselves anything differently than what God thinks about us. When we do, we begin to walk in fallacy. We begin to walk in despondency. We begin to walk in something called oppression. When that takes form, when that takes root of the lie, it comes over and over and over and over. We begin to walk in this thing and this cloud begins to convey over us which never supposed to be there, which you have power over. But yet if you allow this thing to go over and over in your mind and replay it, it becomes dysfunctional. You become dislocated. You become not able to use what God's given you, not able to walk in the role that God's given you because you're walking in a lie and walking in oppression. Does that make sense to anyone? 
The enemy wants to come and take and kill that spirit that God has placed within you to literally give you despondent, like I'm dysfunctional. I'm just going to walk in this thing called fear, and I can't get out of it. And that's a lie. Like I said, oftentimes fear doesn't start off by a spirit, a spirit of fear. Sometimes it's just a simple emotion. How many of you, like me, have come to realize that you can work yourself into fear and the devil may be a thousand miles away? Come on. We real this morning. You can literally work yourself into that. Fear often starts as an engine failure in your car that needs to be replaced and there seems to be no way to get it fixed and you need to get it to work. Fear. Yet we hear the word of God that says, be anxious for nothing. For nothing. How many of you know nothing means nothing? But yet sometimes we want to be anxious about a lot of things. Philippians 1, 27, 28, it says, only let your conduct be worthy of the gospel of Christ so that whether I come and see you or am absent, I may hear of your affairs that you stand fast in one spirit with one mind striving together for the faith of the gospel and not in any way terrified by your adversaries, which is to them a proof of perdition, but to you of salvation and that from God. Now, I want you to, we're going to pull this apart just a sec, just for a minute. There's something powerful here. It says, don't be intimidated or terrified by your adversary, which is to them a sign or proof that they are going to be destroyed. Every time, every time that you and I are victorious over fear, I want you to hear this. Every time you're, you and I are victorious over fear, over a fear issue, what is broadcast throughout all of hell, when you're victorious, what's broadcast all over hell is pending doom and absolute eternal judgment, and they try to get you to fear so that they don't have to think about what's coming for them. Your victory over fear announces and pronounces what is coming their way. No wonder why the powers of darkness try to, what, not only dislocate you, but they want to forget where they're going. They want to forget what the end issue is. They want to get you into fear so it distracts them from their end result. We have a lot of motivation to walk in faith and victory. I'm going to ask you a few questions this morning. I'm going to ask you a few questions. Maybe you have an answer. I guarantee you probably, most likely, every single one of you have an answer. What are you doing? That's number one. What are you doing? What does that mean? What are you doing pertaining to the fear issue? Pertaining to the temptation to entertain the thoughts that cause you to go in a downward spiral, to become weak, to become walking in fear, to be fearful. What are you doing? Let me ask you a question. How many of you have ever, we're going to be real here, how many of you have ever, because I'm going to tell you I've done this, okay? So I'm going to give you freedom to answer I did too, okay? But how many of you have ever chewed on a lie and let it just stay there and you're just kind of, you just kind of walk it through in a day, but then that day comes into the evening and it keeps you up all night and, you're, and you're just, it's just churning within you and within you and you get whatever it is, it's replaying in your mind, it's replaying in your heart and, and, and you just, you wake up with it and the next day it's still with you. Can anybody relate to that? Yeah. So we all got the t-shirt? Okay, we all got the t-shirt, we all got the plaque, this is what I've done, I've done this. Okay, so great for your honesty. What that tells you, though, is you're, you can do something. You can meditate. Each one of you can meditate. I can meditate. But we can meditate on the wrong thing. And what we need to do is we need to change our information in the meditation. 
which leads to victory or it leads to destructive behavior. I don't know about you, but I want to get rid of anxiety. Every bit of it. It messes me up. It messes you up. You, you can't eat right. You can't sleep right. You can't live right. That's why the Bible says be anxious for nothing. Anxious for nothing. Nothing is nothing. Go back to the thought. God is for me. I'm going to tell you something this morning. It doesn't matter what man has done to you. Because man will do that. You know, the greatest, the greatest wild card in this thing called relationships is that men and women don't get it right. It's not what happens to you, it's what happens inside of you. Your internal realities become your external ones. You're either going to walk from this day forward in your past or you're going to let God bring healing to you so you can step into your future. And that is the plan. And here's the beauty thing about the amazing grace of God, because he never, ever wastes a hurt. I've told you this so many times. Take that learning process, that hurt, that pain, that causes all kind of consternation inside of you. Lay him at the feet of Jesus. Let him pour his blood over it. Let him bring healing to it. The brokenness, he's there. He's close to the brokenhearted. Well, come to him. Bear your heart to the Father and allow him to bring healing. Because he will. And he'll take that broken heart and make it whole again and here's the awesome part awesome part so did I say awesome here's the awesome part he'll use then what was the greatest pain in your life to be the greatest testimony the mess that you had to walk through will become your message it'll make you stronger it's never, when God's on your side, it's never to break you down. And he says, I cause all things to work together for the good to those who are in Christ Jesus. All is all complete. It's a complete thing. He will do all. He'll use all, even when men screw up, and they do all the time. And even in the church. Oh, believe me, can I write, my dad could write a novel on that. I can write at least three quarters of a novel on that. Oh, my goodness. Sheep are stupid sometimes. They bite. These pretty little sheep, they open their mouth and there's razor teeth in there. Why? Because, well, I'm a, I can get into a bunch of subjects, but the reality is we got to be more than just a hearer of the word. We actually got to walk it out. Is anybody hearing a little of this message this morning? So my question to you this morning is what are you doing? It says in 1 John chapter 4, 15 through 20. John chapter 4, 15 through 20 says, those who give thanks that Jesus is the Son of God live in God and God lives in them. We have come into an intimate experience with God's love and we trust in the love he has for us. Are you trusting in the love God has for you? God is love. It's in his word. I'm just... God is love. Those who are living in love are living in God, and God lives through them. By living in God, love has been brought to its full expression in us so that we may fear, fearlessly face the day of judgment because all that Jesus now is, so are we in this world. Love never brings fear, for fear 
is always related to punishment, but love's perfection drives the fear of punishment far from our hearts. Whoever walks constantly afraid of punishment has not reached love's perfection. Our love for others, get this, our love for others, say it with me, our love for others is our grateful response to the love God first demonstrated to us. It's all connected. This is all one. This is one. Perfection. Listen, church, perfection. Oh, let me finish. Okay, so I'm getting excited about this point, but our love for others is our grateful response to the love God first demonstrated to us. Anyone can say, I love God, yet have hatred toward another believer. This makes him a phony. Because if you don't love a brother or sister whom you can see, how can you truly love God whom you can't see? It says love is perfected. What does that mean? Completed. There's a completion. Love is completed. It's perfected. Get the whole picture. It's not just us receiving love. It is giving it. Now it's perfected. If you, you, can, you can be touched by God powerfully, but that encounter is so that you get up and touch others, love others, spend the time. So here's the question. What are you doing? In other words, who are you serving? Who are you serving? You've got to serve somebody. Our deliverance... Listen to this. Our deliverance begins when we stop being impressed with the size of our problem and we see how large God is, and then we are freed to love others. Love has to become practical, so you serve someone that's worse off than you. On your worst day, somebody's having a worse day. One of the greatest things you can do is smile at your, your situation. Go find someone that's going through a worse situation and lift them up, and you'll find out that your situation has just been lifted off of your back. Because you're not giving in to fear. You're walking in love. Fear, remember, cripples, causes you not to be functional. So, okay, so this kind of hurts right now. I'm not believing this lie. Hey, Randy needs something. Randy, what's going on, man? I've just felt like the Lord told me to go. Man, I'm glad you called. You wouldn't believe what my week's been like. And he'll tell you, you go, oh, my goodness, what a crazy. Bro, let me pray with you. You guys encounter God. You come into an agreement. God brings an answer to him. If nothing else, the presence of God is there to just whack him. And next thing you know, you're like, whoa, I, well, I don't remember what I, my problem was. Serve somebody. What are you doing? Find someone who's worse off than you. Here's the next one. What are you thinking about? What are you thinking about? Because if they're... If I'm fueling the lie, if I'm putting fuel onto the fire of the lie, I've agreed with, then the, the liar, with the, if, I, if I've agreed with the liar, and tragically, I've empowered the liar. So we don't want to empower the liar. Say with me, I'm not going to empower the liar. Oh, that's not very emphatic. I'm not going to empower the liar. Once again, he came to steal, kill, and destroy. So when you empower the liar, there's always loss and destruction. So what we need to do is we need to read the Word of God until the Holy Spirit says, that, right there, chew on that, meditate on that, pray on that, declare that. And we, you, you just keep going and let it cycle, the good news cycle through your, your system, cycle through your life. What are you doing? What are you thinking? In the most difficult situation possible, Paul wrote us. He says, and he, Paul was in a, in a, Paul, 
Paul was in a dungeon. He was actually in a hole in the ground. It was nasty. It was disgusting. And when Paul wrote this, when Paul wrote this passage and he, to the church, to us, and to his followers and to us, the church, what did he say? He says, rejoice always. And again, I say rejoice. Where was he? He was literally in a hole in the ground where the sewer runs through, connected to a chain, beaten for proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ. And he says, rejoice again. I say, rejoice. Guess what happens when you rejoice? It, it literally gets you connected to the throne of God. His praise, what? God inhabits the praises of his people. So in the midst of the perplexity, in the midst of giving into fear, giving into complaint, giving into these things, he said, no, 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 no. I'm not doing that. I'm rejoicing because I'm going to pull heaven down into my situation. I've said this many times, one of the things the enemy tries to do to you in the midst of your stuff, in the midst of your conflict, is get you to shut up. You do not fight back. Listen, men and women of God, you cannot fight back with your mouth closed. You cannot mentally battle back and forth with your mouth shut. It will not work. It's good to meditate, but you must declare, and I'm getting ahead of my last point, but I want to tell you something. We need to be rejoicing in the midst of perplexity, rejoicing in the midst of all this conflict that is happening in my life. It seems like if one more thing happens, I don't know what I'm going to do. I know what you can do. Get into your prayer closet, get into the Word, and begin to rejoice. When you rejoice, you actually cause your thought life, your emotional life, and your physical body to align with what God has made available. And in that sacrifice, in that obedience, brings release of profound joy. Joy. The joy of the Lord is my strength. There's a beautiful thing that happens in that, though, too. When you rejoice, it's almost like you walk in that Teflon. It's like you've been Teflonized so that nothing sticks to you. You ever, you ever someone say, the Bible says we're a peculiar people. <laughs> to show forth the praises of him who's called us out of darkness and into a wonderful light. Why have you ever had somebody ask you this? If you haven't, maybe you need to check your joy level. Have you ever asked somebody, someone ask you, why are you so happy? What do you got going on? What are you smoking? I want some of it. That's what the world will think. What are you drinking? What pills are you popping? Oh, no, no, no. There's no high like the most high. You, you got to know my father. He's, whoa, he's, wow, he's amazing. <laughs> and he's for me. He loves me. He made me to have a relationship with me. He's awesome. He's mighty. Even when, I'm when I have a trial in front of me, he says, consider it all joy when these trials come, because I'll even work in that. I will form in you. I will help you, and I'll, listen. There's never a bad day when God's on your side. There's never a bad day. There's difficult days. There's days you'd like to soon forget, but God's working even in them. If you're allowing him to, you make the choice to rejoice, to walk in love and not fear. Anybody with me this morning? So what are you doing? What are you thinking? What are you praying? What are we praying? Why are you saying, what are we praying for? Well, Jesus said, come to me all who are weary and laid, heavy laden and I'll give you rest. If you're coming into his presence and you're leaving the same frustrated, upset after being in the presence of God, 
I'm going to contend with you that you weren't praying, you were complaining. You might need to change the way you pray. Because when you come and you leave it at the feet of Jesus, come on, you leave it there. You can't help but be in the presence of God and not change. You're sharing your heart with him, and he's sharing his heart with you. You're leaving your burden cast on like your father. I can't handle this. He goes, I know. Give it to me. I got it. I got your back. I got your sides, and I got your forward. <laughs> he's awesome. Can we just stop right here? Look to him. Father, you're awesome. You are such a good father. You are so, so good. Okay. So what are you doing? What are you thinking? What are you praying? might need to make some prayer adjustments. The last one is found in Joel chapter 3. What am I saying? You can't just say anything. You can't just say anything. You've got to watch what you say. Out of your mouth comes life or death. I'll give you a clue if you don't know. You're supposed to speak blessing and life. Anytime you're tempted in the midst of your battles to not just be silent, I'm not going to be silent, but I'm going to complain, you just need to shut up. That's good, that's good preaching right there. Yeah. Believe it or not, I'm giving you permission to tell yourself, shut up in the midst of the conflict if you cannot open your mouth and declare the praises of God and the Word of God. Don't open your mouth and declare anything contrary to what God is saying. That is the worst thing you could ever do. But I would encourage you, get in the Word, meditate on it, and then begin to declare it and declare the praises of God. Declare His Word over your situation. Declare who you are. Declare who God says you are. But let me get this, Joel chapter 3, 9 through 10. It says, proclaiming this among the nations. Prepare for war. Wake up the mighty men. Let all the men of war draw near. Let them come up. Beat your, uh, beat your plowshares into swords and your pruning hooks into spears. And then he finishes this. He says, let the weak say, I am strong. Amen. When God says... I want you to hear this. When God says, let the weak say I'm strong, he has opened up a realm of grace and empowerment that is released to you the moment that you speak and what he said to speak. Did you catch that? When you, he tells you to be strong, let the weak, I'm weak. Yes, I'm weak, but in the name of Jesus, I'm strong. I want you to understand who God's talking to in this moment. He's talking to an army. He's talking to an army that feels very weak, that feels very insecure and probably verging on fear. But he says, declare in the midst of this, no, 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 in, he says, let the weak say I'm strong. In other words, strength becomes the reality when it's declared. Strength becomes the reality when it's declared. You guys have a powerful weapon for blessing and blessing your situation and blessing your life. It's this called the vocal cords attached to the heart of the Father speaking to you and His Word meditated through your heart that's come through your ears and your mind that's now in your heart and you're declaring it. Even if it doesn't look like it right now in your situation, declare what the Lord is saying. 
there's a fact of what you are dealing with, but there is a greater reality that God brings into the picture that, oh, that will overwhelm, that will literally bring heaven to earth in your situation through your declaration. I'm going to tell you this right now. I'm learning this because sometimes I'm like, I'm a visionary, right? And, and someone that I've got more vision than I have people and money for. Okay, I have like tons of vision, like tons. And sometimes it's in that waiting and the tons of vision that I carry, that I want to do and I want to accomplish, that sometimes I'm like, what in the world is going on? God, why would you give me so much vision and not a way to get it accomplished? Why? <laughs> because you need to declare, even though it's a promise of God over your life, you must declare through those situations. You must declare in the midst of them and some of you, I'm telling you right now in your life, you're one declaration away from your breakthrough. You're one declaration from a one chapter closing and another one opening. One. If God leads you into a battle, it's because you were thoroughly equipped for the victory. Why am I telling you that? Because there's going to be battles, but you need to not shrink because it's not something you're doing wrong, it's something you're doing right. You're about, every time Israel was about to take a new city, the people from that city came out to fight them so they could not take the city, but then they took the people and then they took the city. So that battle isn't there for your defeat, it's for your victory. When you get into your promised land, there's gonna be giants that start showing up and you're like, wait a second, I thought this was the promised land. It is the promised land. The promised land does not come absent of giants. The giants are there because you have, God has said, oh, those are there for you to, to, to exercise the faith that you now have. You're now stepping into a water. You're stepping into, you see, when Joshua, Joshua, they, they, they stepped out into the water this time. Before, they had to step out on dry land because they ain't going to believe nothing. They're going to just walk in this faith of, okay, God, you do everything, and then we'll walk. Well, that got them so far, it also got them 40 more years in the, 40 more years. And two generations later, they all died off, and God's using a new set, and he's using Joshua and Caleb. And then he says, no, this time I want you to step into the water. Have the priest step into the water. Some of you, listen, because it's then that I'm going to stop it. And for some of you, you're coming into a place where you're about to step, God wants you to step in the water this time. Hear me, God's telling you, be bold, be strong, be courageous, step in the water, then I'll move it. There's something he wants you to do, but you're gonna have to step in the water. Be bold, be courageous, I'm with you, do not be afraid. Be of good, walk in my love, but step in the water and then I'll stop. Then I'll move. Your breakthrough is one declaration away. It's one movement away with a declaration. Has anybody received that? That's for somebody here this morning. God's saying step into the water. See, God is declaring in Joel chapter 3 something to a group of people who were afraid, a portion of Gideon's army. Remember Gideon's army? This wasn't Gideon's army. But Gideon's army, they were, God, God says, whoever's afraid, you can leave. And a whole bunch of them left. And the guys left standing there go, well, I might be afraid now. It's like, whoa, you just took, hello, 10,000 just left. No, 20,000, there's just 10 of us now. Well, I'm afraid too, can I go? But listen, y'all, you got to understand this. He's talking to an army that did not have the power to leave. And he said to them, a portion, he says, I want you to be strong. I want you to declare in my weakness, he is made strong. And he's saying that to you this morning. In my weakness, I am strong. God, you will make me strong and I will not be afraid. It's not human strength, but I have the spirit of the resurrected Christ in me. 
I want you to stand together with me this morning. I mentioned this passage. First of all, do you receive this word this morning? Is this resonating? Listen, this is time for conquests. This is not a time of perilous, per, being paralyzed with fear. This is a time of taking territory. This is a time of aligning our thoughts, our actions with the Word of God, hearing His voice in prayer, loving on. Let me tell you something. There's so many people. I see it every day on the news. They're reacting out of rejection and fear. They're killing people. They're hurting themselves. They're in drugs because they don't know to run to God. No one's even told them. They haven't felt the love of God through someone. And they're acting out of fear, rejection, of hopelessness. And they need you and me. God help us. They need us. We have the answer. It's time to not allow fear to cause us to walk with one arm behind our back or in a sling and one leg in a crutch. God wants you to bring, have freedom this morning, full function, not allowing any part of your life to be given into fear, but walking in faith and victory. What are you doing? What are you thinking? Begin to meditate upon the truths of God. Write his word down, meditate on it, declare it. What are you praying? What are you saying? I love the passage of Romans chapter 8. It talks about all the infinite things, that amazing things that only God can do, he did. And then it comes to the point, says, so what should we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? And in that, there's absolute rest and just a knowing that the God of the universe is for me. And then we read in Romans 8, 28. Can we read it together? Come on. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. Yay, God. <laughs> Yay, God. So good. So, hmm. how many of you can just be honest with me and you say, there's a, something I've been dealing with in my life and I've allowed fear to cripple me in an area of my life, but in the name of Jesus today, I'm going to make a change with God's help. Just raise your hand. It's okay. Cool. That's awesome. That's awesome. I do believe in this room that God's bringing healing and I just declare that over you. Hmm. Father, I just pray right now in Jesus' name, in this room, we reject the lie and the liar, and we receive the truth of your word. We can't afford to think anything that you do not think about us. We can't afford it. We can't waste the time. Time, I believe, is very short. I pray that you bring healing right now. Holy Spirit, reveal any lie that we've given into that causes fear because you have not, you will not give us a spirit of fear. Any fear, anxiety, 
that is in our life right now, it's because there is a spot that has no hope in it, has your word, your word's not attached to it. It's a lie that we keep churning and churning. And whatever it is in the name of Jesus, we reject the lie. And we receive the truth. I pray that you would reveal truth to every situation in this room so there's complete healing. There might be some of you here this morning that you're walking, you need someone to walk you through healing so that you, you can recognize. Some of you just need to spend time in the presence of God, open up the word until you find the Holy Spirit highlights the word to your situation and, and, and then begin to declare it, pray it over your life. But do, from this day forward, do not give in to fear, for God has not given it to you, but power, love, and a sound mind. I'm going to open up the altars here in a second, but I want to do something we haven't done in a while. It's been quite a while. I want you with me to open your mouth and make a declaration of the affirmation of your faith and who you are. We're going to spend... Because it's a great thing to do, to declare. And so I'm going to add this affirmation declaration. So they're going to put it up on the screen. It's a little long, but it's awesome. Okay, everybody ready? Anybody game? Okay, so do this. I promise um, that it's going to be powerful for you. Um, and it's the truth of who we are in God, who He is, and who we are in Him. So I want us to do this right before we leave today. Are you ready? One, two, three. Let's do it. There is only one true and living God who exists as the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Jesus Christ is the Christ, the only way to the Father. Jesus destroyed the works of the devil. He disarmed the rulers and authorities, having triumphed over them. Through his shed blood on the cross, Jesus now has all authority in heaven and on earth. Jesus has authority over sin. He has authority over sickness. He has authority over death. He has authority over the world. He has authority over the devil. He has redeemed me from hell and has given me a new destiny. I am saved by grace through faith and not of my works. Jesus delivered me from the domain of darkness and transferred me into his kingdom. I have been forgiven of all my sin. I am now one with Jesus. I die with Christ. I was buried with Christ. I rose with Christ. I am seated with Jesus in the heavenlies. Because I am one with Jesus, I am righteous. I am holy. I am a saint. I will live above sin because I am prone to do righteousness. I am not prone to sin anymore. I am a new creature. The old is gone. The new has come. Because of my oneness of Jesus, I have authority over sin, over the world, over the devil. I can resist the devil, and he will flee from me. God has given me the spiritual weapons and spiritual armor. I can live a victorious life. I can do all things through Christ. I will overcome in this world, because greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. confession that's in alignment with the word of God use it daily meditate declare thank you Father there's a song there's a song that uh, I was going to have the whole team come up but just for right now, can we just sing this? Are you in that key, Kath? I'm no longer a slave to fear Cause I am a child of God And I'm no longer a slave to fear Why? <laughs> Cause I child of God. One more time. No, I'm no longer 
someone to agree with you, they're going to be here. 